Previously on Three Shots In. Fuck, what's the word? Not circumcision. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Circumstance? No, cannibalism. There we go. Cannibalism is circumcision. <laughs> you got cannibalism mixed with circumcision? Shut up. Joe Metheny. He's selling hamburgers on the side of the road that are part pork, part beef, and part people meat. Part people meat. The Russian Granny Ripper. People didn't take the threats she made to them very seriously. She was an angry, bitter old lady. They were understanding neighbors. What color shirt is she wearing, Jacob? It's blue. She's got matching pants. You guys are little bitches, you know that? He saw her in class time and time again and said, hmm, she looks delicious. And they all said, no, he's not insane. He is perfectly sane, just evil. And released him. He was released. What? 100%. He's a free man. No, he's not crazy. He's just pure fucking evil. Yep. Here he goes. <laughs> Dimitri and Natalia Bakshiva. What the fuck is that? That's Dimitri, the hand in his mouth. Ugh. This is Three Shots In. Welcome back to Three Shots In. This is the second part of the Cannibals episode. I am Jess. I am Jake. And with us are two guests. That is TJ, notorious serial killer. Allegedly. And Lucas. Hi, that's me. Wonderful friend who dresses very sharply. Ish. He does. He looks like a character from Miami Vice, but not the original one. The one that starred Colin Farrell. Yeah. That one. Sans cocaine. Sans. Sans. Thank you. Now, in this episode, we are continuing the topic of cannibals except there is a vast difference between last episode and this episode. The last episode had the boring commentation from Jessica and Luke, and this Shut episode... I'm sure what... So after muting Jessica and Luke, I have decided to tell you about what this episode's about, and it will be amazing cannibalism stories from me and from TJ. TJ, do you want to say hi to everyone real quick? Hey, everyone. I got uh, some interesting... Interesting stories to tell today. He's got interesting stories. Now, before I unmute Jessica and Luke and we jump into the wheel spin, TJ, do you have anything you want to say at all? Jacob, I like your beard. I'm envious of it. Thank constantly. you. Thank you so very much. Jessica is is illegally <laughs> unmuting herself. <laughs> it is happening right now. Your beard looks like trash. No, it doesn't. Lucas, you don't even have one, but it looks better than I Jacob's. No. Let's proceed no. to the wheel spin. He looks like an 11-year-old girl shaved her... <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an 11-year-old girl... Jessica, stop it! An 11-year-old girl shaved her pubes two days ago. No! You spun the fucking wheel without anyone letting you know that it was okay. Well, what did it land on? Well, it landed on... We put this on there as a joke. What does it say? It says, Luke decides. <gasps> Luke. Luke. Uh, what okay. is the wheel spin? All right. I am going to go ahead and read off of uh, one of my extra spicy tweets. Um... Not extra spicy. This one's pretty mediocre. Would you rather Gogurt slurp a tube of toothpaste or shotgun a can of cold SpaghettiOs? This I one is brought to you by weed. This is your <laughs> mediocre tweets? 
Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, oh. I agree. That's pretty mediocre because immediately my answer is to shotgun a can of I'm, cold spaghetti. Yeah, I'm shotgunning. I'm not talking like room temperature. I'm talking like cold. 40 degrees beer cold. Like it's been in the freezer for a couple of days. Yeah. Done. It's disgusting as it is. I'm shotgunning the spaghettios. I'm That's surprised happening. we're not shotgunning spaghettios right now. <laughs> you know, we have them. Do we? We have a can of cold um, Chef Boy RD beef stuffed raviolis. That's basically spaghettios. Damn. It's the same ingredients. Do you have any frozen waffles in there? <gasps> we have two. Frozen waffles. Might be snack Frozen time. waffles. Have Hold on. You know what we do have? What do that we have? No one has even brought up a single time. What? I was at the Walmart last night. The Walmart? The, the Walmart. Walmart. The Walmart. Do you know what I saw at the Walmart? What'd you see? I saw a can of Pringles. And what flavor were they? This wasn't just a normal can of Pringles. It right? wasn't standard? It wasn't original. It wasn't sour cream and onion. It wasn't barbecue Pringles. Cheddar? It was Wendy's Baconator Pringles. Can we try them now? If only I purchased them specifically for the trying on the podcast. Did you? I did. <gasps> Jacob, you know how to oh, treat shit. your guests. Mm. Baconator Pringles. Oh, that sounds oh. so good. TJ, why don't you do the first honors? Yeah, TJ. I don't know if I can. It's yours. It's oh, yours. it smells like artificial bacon. Mm. <laughs> it's ready for you, TJ. Oh, yeah. Get both fingers in there. Luke? Ooh, am I getting in on this? Jess? Wendy's Baconator Pringles. Oh, that's bacon-tastic. Mmm. Whoa. Those are actually really fucking good. Okay. So. I mean, it tastes like bacon. Oh, shit. Right? Hold on. Follow Damn. me on this. So, bacon is pork. Yeah. Our topic is cannibalism. Cannibalists say that humans often taste like pork. These are humanator Pringles. So these could be Wendy's humanator is <laughs> Pringles. Do we need to order pizza with ham? <gasps> Technically, I think the wheel spin is satiated. Okay. You're fucked up and have no memory of the wheel spin, do you? Absolutely verified. <laughs> What's next? Next, I believe our good friend... America's favorite serial killer, TJ, okay, mm -hmm. is going to be talking about cannibalism. Very well. So I decided to <laughs> go with a different route of cannibal. Because, you know, we hear about the Dahmer party. We hear about uh, people. Donner. Oh, sorry. Donner party. Daenerys. Daenerys. Right. People who are forced to eat human or right. you know, their, their fellow people. or In order to survive. In order to survive. Sure. So, I mean, that's, you know, I wanted to see more people who chose it people who chose it not only chose it but had an eloquent way of describing what it was like because i think that's one of our curiosities is what does human taste like we hear okay pork cool sure there was a gentleman that i was going to bring but there was it was wicked dark it was like, wicked dark like, what was like his name wicked was it dark was See, it, it was to the point that i asked was his name andre chicatillo because he said it was kids yeah. Yo, 100%. Cannibalizing children. 100%. Chickatillo came up in my research and I was like, I can't use this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this no. has been done before. Andre Chickatillo has already been spoken about on this yeah. podcast. Well, it, it, 
Oh, you guys have already talked about it on this podcast? Yeah. It's fucking dark. Wait, which episode did you talk it's about? It's probably one of the ones Serial that just, The one that you didn't listen to. Serial killers? The one you didn't listen to, you fake friend. No, I remember Baby Farmers, <laughs> but fucking Chickatillo. Chickatillo was before the Baby Farmers. No Farmer. one was, was but Chikatilo. fucking Chickatillo. Chikatilo. Yeah. It, was a, it was a rough Chikatilo. one. It was to the point, it was so it was bad. Painful. We took a mid-recording shot. Because I was like, yeah. this is so depressing. Let's take one more shot so that we can be fun again. It was and of painful. Of course, I'm sure it was you. It was me. It was the episode that Jessica talked about Chikatilo that I was like, oh my God, Jessica, <laughs> stop. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, I'm only like halfway. <laughs> yeah, word for word. This guy is not nearly as twisted. So I came across William Bueller Seabrook, who's a writer and a very uh, odd writer, wrote a bunch of different books. Uh, let's see, he was born 1884 and died 1945. So the 18th century, early 1900s, that, that's, sure. uh, you know, it, most of his life. All his books were written in like the 1920s. And I came across this on the wiki. 1924, he travels to Arabia and sampled the hospitality of various tribes of the Bedouin and the Kurdish Yazidi. It's just a fun word to say. Yazidi. Sure. Yes. Yeah. In the first part of one of his books, Seabrook seeks out uh, Mythquad Alphaz <laughs> and lives with him and his tribe yeah. for several months. Okay. So I'm assuming cannibalistic tribe of some sort. His account of his travels in Adventures in Arabia among the Bedouins, Druzis, Whirling Dervishes, and Yezidi Devil Worshippers. Whirling Dervishes. Whoa. New band Jesus name, Christ. Call it. You know, My that's the God. title of the book. Yeah. Wow. That's his book? Yeah, so he got around in, in Arabia, apparently. No shit. Uh, it was published in 1927, so <laughs> 1924, 1927. Okay, so he spent a couple years hanging out with these tribes. It was sufficiently successful to allow him to travel to Haiti. So, okay, bunch of tribes there. Let's go find out some some tribes in uh, Haiti, where he developed an interest in Haitian voodoo and the cult de mortes, which uh, were described the length of his book, The Magic Island, which, again, another book that none of us have ever heard of. Okay. Right. The book is credited with introducing the concept of a zombie in popular culture. So that's just a little factoid for you. So, so this guy created zombies. He introduced the concept of some kind of, I don't know, dead people walking around, maybe dead people eating other dead people, live people eating dead people. <laughs> I don't know. So with that, Seabrook develops a lifelong fascination with the occult practices of Satanism. <gasps> oh, Jesus fuck. Haitian voodoo. Which he witnessed and describes firsthand in both the third world countries as documented in The Magic Island. So he writes these two books, The Magic Island and Jungle Ways, which sounds like a porno or something. While William Seabrook was um, traveling in West Africa, he did come across a tribe who partook in the eating of human meat. Uh. Oh my word. But Seabrook writes about his experiences of cannibalism in his novel, Jungle Ways. He admits that the tribe did not allow him to join into the ritualistic cannibalism. Instead, he obtained from a hospital, hospital intern, not just a hospital, but an intern, paid him off or bought him cookies or something. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A chunk of human meat from the body of a healthy human killed in an accident. Not Got a cadaver, a but like a living human. Oh no no! Like the, the guy died in in an accident. A He's healthy, like oh healthy healthy human. human. Oh okay okay yeah. okay. Nineteen twenty something. Killed by a freak accident, not by like 
Yeah, so he's like, talks to his Disease intern, like, hey, can I have like a slab off that? I'm mm-hmm. really curious. So he obtained a chunk of meat off of a healthy individual. So he right. was doing it right. You know, it's like, if I'm going to yeah. get a body. Not diseased. Not right. diseased. Yeah. Gotta be healthy. You don't sure. want to eat any AIDS. No. Sure. Right, no. right, right. Okay. No, you want to do it right. Yeah. And he cooked that up like you do. And this is what he had to say about it. Didn't try <clears> to eat that ass. Is this a direct quote? This is a direct quote. And after reading it, um, I don't think I'll want to read any of his books because it's not that good. Right. In my opinion. It was like good, fully developed veal. Not young, but not yet beef. It was very definitely like that. And it was not like any other meat that I had ever tasted. It was so nearly like good, fully developed veal that I think no person with a palate of ordinary, normal sensitiveness could distinguish. It was mild, good meat, with no other sharply defined or highly characteristic taste, such as for an instance goat, high game, or pork have. The steak was slightly tougher than prime veal, a little stringy, but not too tough or stringy to be agreeably edible. The roast from which I cut and ate a central slice was tender. Go on. Please continue. Was tender and in color, texture, smell, as well as taste, strengthened my certainty that it was all meats we habitually know. Veal is the one meat to compare that it would be accurate. Yeah, hold on. <clears throat> Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, TJ, can you stop getting turned on by your description oh, yes, of human meat? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the roast from which I cut and ate a central slice was tender and in color, texture, smell as well as taste strengthens my certainty that all the meats we habitually know veal is the one meat to which this meat is accurate comparable yeah so he went on to um (laughs) commit himself to a mental institution um but that was for acute alcoholism not for cannibalism oh what (laughs) obviously obviously yeah yeah he committed himself to a mental institution for acute alcoholism not the eating of human flesh. No. So the, the people eating was fine. It was it was a little more alcohol than usual that was upsetting to him. Yeah, that definitely okay. added to uh, his next divorce. Right. All right. Um, which he had been divorced, I think, three times at that. Okay. In fact, one of his wives ended up writing a biography on him called sure. "The Strange World of Willie Seabrook." Ah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And then on uh, September twentieth, nineteen forty-five, he uh, committed suicide. Oh shit! That's so like right that around uh, right. World War yeah. II. What a description of what human meat tastes like. Yeah, very, very good. I've never had veal, so same. Yeah. So I, I am- know what I'm going to order next. <laughs> <laughs> I will continue on with my first story. Please yes, do you so. do that. Please. Yes. Is everyone I'm ready? Curious. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm so hungry curious. to hear your story. Oh, mm. I am wetted uh, by those no. words. <laughs> You're welcome. So, Las Ventas, Madrid, 2019. Ooh, recent. That's right. 28-year-old Alberto Sanchez Gomez had a history with police for mistreating his mother and breaching many restraining orders from his mother, in case you didn't get that. In early 2019, Alberto Sanchez Gomez 
and his mother, Maria Soledad Gomez, got into a very intense argument. After the argument ended, Alberto approached his mother from behind ah. and strangled her. Oh. Oh, okay. I know. It's, I, know. So, I thought I saw. <laughs> yeah, you saw that go in a very different way. For me, that went about as bad as I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. Once his mother was dead, oh. Alberto wanted to begin the process of getting rid of the evidence. Alberto grabbed two kitchen knives and a carpenter's saw and began cutting his mother's body into what would eventually be about 1,000 pieces. My God. Yeah. Did someone like Rain Man that? Or like walk in like, oh, there's there's yeah, out of the I have no idea. Are we talking like skill saw or sawzall or something? This is two, how many blades did she this go is through? Two different that? articles Shit. that I equated to about a thousand pieces. Okay. All right. Okay. So this yeah. is you just blind guessing and spitballing it and hoping that's close. Alberto cut his mother into what would be between 780 and 1,240 body parts. Oh shit, that's so specific. <laughs> okay. Does that sound like about a thousand to you? <laughs> okay. Some pieces of Maria's body were placed in Tupperware that was stored throughout the house, including the fridge, freezer, okay. and literally anywhere that Tupperware would fit. The flavor saver. Question. You know how, like, when you put spaghetti in Tupperware, it, like, kind of stains it? As spaghetti sauce. Do you think, like, victim sauce would also... Blood. St- it's called blood. <laughs> Do you think that would also stain Tupperware at a uh, an equivalent? I would imagine... I do. I, do. I would imagine sauce. that some Maria sauce... Would stain the shit out of this Tupperware. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. Other pieces of Maria were stored in trash bags, and Alberto placed his mother's, just in case you forgot, Maria was his mother. He placed her head, hands, and heart on her bed. Ew. Wow. Yeah. When Alberto realized that there were too many parts to just simply throw away, he began eating his mother for utility right over the next 15 days alberto ate his mother's cooked body parts Mm -hmm. raw body parts and even fed his mother to his dog that's right that's okay after maria's friends had reported her missing police went to her apartment to investigate much to Alberto's demise. Police found the brutal scene and arrested Alberto. He confessed to everything he had done almost immediately. Wow. I know. Close the case on that one. Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking pussy. Now was it like, I did it all. Hey, try some of the sandwich that I made and then you'll understand why. This isn't pastrami, but pretend that it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is it? It's my mom. Well, we're going to arrest you. Mom pastrami. No. <laughs> At his trial in April 2021. It's very recent. Whoa. Wow. Alberto was found guilty of his crimes. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison. What? For 15 days of eating his mom, I bet. For murder and five months for the desecration of a corpse as well as being charged a fine of $73,000 that would be paid 
to his brother. Huh? What? That's right. Apparently, Spain is very easy on the murder charges. But very strict when it comes to personal damages. So I I am curious, though, about what was it? Five months of desecration of a body? For the murder was 15 years. For eating his mother, he was charged five months. So desecration of bodies, five months. So does that mean that if you dug up a body and... Did things to it. Whatever dealer's choice is. Yeah. That only gets you five months? To get I from think an intern. in I Spain, think, apparently. I think Fuck. what you're trying to say is... I mean, I don't have any plans to desecrate bodies, right. but... If you if had... If you were crazy... Yeah, if I was crazy, it seems like Spain would be the place to go. If yeah. you had a specific kink, Shit. maybe you go to Spain first, right? Yes. Yeah. Huh. Maybe topic, some house arrest. Yeah. What are prisons like in Spain yeah. versus... Oh, America. that you've got a point there. Because it could be a bad five months. I mean, out here it could be not so bad. Well, before, before you guys uh-huh. continue with that those thoughts. Oh, yes. So he was sentenced, Alberto, in case you forgot, 15 years in prison plus five months for the desecration of a corpse. And he was charged a fine of $73,000 to his brother. However, Alberto's legal team will be appealing his case and with alberto's history of mental illness it's not out of the question for his sentence to be reduced by at least at least three years and six months whoa decreasing his time in prison to a maximum of 12 years insanity plea kind of yeah very similar he he alberto did say Throughout the whole story that he did hear voices and whatnot, but it was not until after he was arrested. That is the end of my story. That was a good story. Thank you. I believe you have another that you wish to share. I have one more. This guy's Irish. Oh, look at that. Oh, nice. Ooh. This is the story of Alexander Pierce. Pierce. I'm not going to do the whole thing in Uh, Irish because I almost did that one. You absolutely should. My Irish accent is not. Oh, very... wee bit of cannibalism, huh? <laughs> what you got up with some potatoes? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so this guy's going back a little bit later than 1990s, or was it uh, 1920? Was the last guy in 2019? We're going all the way back to this guy was born in 1790. Oh Ooh, shit! Whoa! Yeah, that's a long time. Damn. Old motherfucker. I like the 1800s, so I wanted to see what was going on back then. So. Alexander Pierce was uh, born in Ireland. Right. He was a Roman Catholic uh, laborer, and he was sentenced, his first crime, he was sentenced to Armagh. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's what it's like. Armagh. His first run-in with the law, he stole six pairs of shoes and was sent to Van Diemen's Land, which is, I guess, a, a prison. Okay. So there he continued to commit various offenses whilst in the penal colony, from which he soon escaped. Because that's what he does. Okay. In 1822, the like Town Gazette reported his escape and advertised a 10-pound reward for his recapture. Of course, he was caught and he goes back to prison. Uh-huh. Also in 1822, a little bit later, along with seven other convicts, escape while working on the eastern side of the harbor. So maybe it's like, the, you know, they pick up trash or they, they work on stuff because they're prisoners. And so while they're all working out there, they, uh, they escape. So th- those guys, because names are important here, there's an Alexander Dalton, Thomas Bodenheim, Bodenheim, B- B- William Kennerly, 
Matthew Travers, Edward Brown, Robert Greenhill, and John Mather, along with Alexander Pierce. Okay. So these seven, oh, Pierce and along with these seven, so there's eight of them that escaped from the harbor. Well, one of these, one of these escaped guys has an axe with him, Mr. Greenhill, who appoints himself as leader because he has an axe. Yeah. None of the other guys have an axe. And yeah, so he's the leader of their little ragtag escape convict group, supported by his friend Traverse. About 15 days into their journey, the men were starving and drew lots to see who would be killed for food. Okay. So, you know, kind of organized. We're going to draw some lots. And, no, uh, no bias. Yeah, no bias. Mm. Bodenham, which ham being in his name, foreshadowing Boat should ham. be. Bodenham yeah. drew the short straw and Greenhill dispatched him with an axe. Dispatched. That dispatched. Makes, that makes sense. So he's he, dead. He brutally, drew the short straw. Brutally destroyed. Yeah. Like through the head. So this will be jump. Alexander Pierce's first meal. Right. With his fellow seven guys eating their, their, their buddy. Right. So at this point, three of the company, Dalton, Kennerly, and Brown, took fright and decamped. I assume that means they just like bounced. Hopped out of the boat. Hopped out of the boat or... Yeah, they didn't quite say how where they're at, but I assume they're in a boat because it makes sense in my brain. Yeah, me too. So, so they decamped or they they swam off something and uh, headed back to town. Uh, Kennerly and Brown reached the harbor, and uh, Dalton died of exhaustion. So ah, uh, so ooh, so two guys down or two guys right. survive, one guy, but that's they're no longer part of the party. So that left Greenhill, Axeman, Travers, his friend, Mather. And Alexander Pierce together. Okay. Four guys left. With Greenhill and Travers acting as a team, it would be Mathers or Pierce's next turn to die and be eaten. Ooh. Pierce sided with Greenhill and Travers, making Mather the next victim. Because Pierce kind of saw through that. Okay, if yes. I side up with them, then I'm not going to die right away. Right. I got Sounds a chance. very Donner. A little bit. So they kill and eat Mathers. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Luckily for Pierce, Travers was bitten on the foot by a snake. And ended up dying five days later. <laughs> oh, convenient! Wow, yeah. super convenient. <laughs> After that, it was a cat and mouse game. Green Hill had the axe, and they were both starving, and they had to sleep. In the end, it was Pierce who prevailed. He grabbed the axe and killed Green Hill, and dined on his body. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> He later ra- raided an aboriginal campsite and stole more food. Oh, I, yeah, aboriginal. I, I, so I guess oh. these prisons, so he was in Ireland. They're in Australia. They're in Australia. They sent him to an Australian prison. I just, location kind of matters a little bit. So he raids an aboriginal campsite, stole oh, more food. When he saw sheep, he knew he had reached the settlement district. He was lucky again as the shepherd who came upon him eating a lamb was an old friend. You know, (gasps) luck shines on him. Oh, good. Yeah. You've already eaten all your friends. Yeah, you've eaten plenty of your friends. Now you're eating sheep. You steal some fruit from some aboriginals. Life is looking up. Pierce was inducted into a sheep stealing ring. No, shut up. And was eventually caught and sent back to prison. So in total, 
He had been on the run for 113 days, <laughs> eating his friends oh, and sheep and surviving on what he could. Oh, with a little less than of which was spent all in the wilderness. So now he's locked up in Hobart Prison in Australia again. Pierce made a confession to the, the Reverend Robert Knockwood, who did not believe the cannibalism story and was convinced the others were still living as bush rangers. So he sent Pierce back to the, the harbor that he originally escaped from. So within a year, Pierce escaped a second time. Oh. They sent him to the same prison he had escaped. And right. Like, All right, yeah. Joined by a young convict named Thomas Cox. Ayo. There you go. Did he eat some cocks? <laughs> you have to wait till the end of the story, Jess. Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> Pierce was captured within 10 days and taken to the Supreme oh. Court of Van Dien's land in Hobart. Again, okay. somewhere in Australia, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was tried and convicted of murdering and cannibalizing Thomas Cox. Ooh. Oh, the oh, Thomas no. right. Observers noted that Pierce did not look like a cannibal. <laughs> he was only look. five foot three in height, which is under average for that time, mm -hmm. uh, but had a strong, wiry frame. My uh, Japanese dude was four foot nine and 110 pounds. Okay, so short people. Look out for, look out for the short people. Yeah. There you go. There look you out go. for the shorties. And there's a quote Human. here saying. He did not seem to be someone who was, quote, laden with the weight of human blood and believed to have banqueted on human flesh, end quote. Okay. That is a very specific right? way of phrasing that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sure you're wondering, how do they know that he was eating his buddy Cox? Yeah. <laughs> his captors had found parts of Cox's body in Pierce's pockets. Ooh, they found they, they found Cox's they find like cock. <laughs> They Even found cocks in his pocket. Yes, they did. Even though he still had food left somewhere, like in a bag or something, he still had pieces of his body in his pockets, and his guilt was beyond doubt this time. Pierce confessed that he had killed Cox because when they reached the King's River, he discovered that Cox could not swim. So instead of like, all right, I'm just going to swim ahead. Good luck. I might as well eat you and... Save the strength to swim to shore and have more energy to flee. Right. Yes. Mm. He's got some snacks. He's got some snacks. Yeah. Yeah. The pocket meat definitely makes The pocket difference. meat. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Alexander Pierce was later hanged in the town of Hobart, uh, 9 a.m. on July 19th, 1824. Mm -hmm. It is reported that just before he was hanged, Pierce said, man's flesh is delicious. It tastes far better than fish or pork. End quote. Right. Not beef. Interesting. That, he didn't mention beef. He did not mention beef nor chicken. But he did say I mean, fish and pork. If I was desperate fish enough, I would make pork. Jacob into a taco. That's I right. don't know, though. Right. I really like fish. Spit roast, I think, would be the uh, pork proper answer. No. Okay. We're not, no one's spit roasting me. <laughs> okay. I'm going to move on with my second story. Okay. South Africa 2017. And I know... This is a little earlier than 2019, but here we go. Nino Mbatha entered a police station declaring that he had murdered a woman. Okay. Police thought the man was just crazy, right? That makes sense. That is crazy. Who yeah. enters a police station saying that they murdered someone until Mbatha opened his pink school bag? Yeah and removed a severed hand and a severed leg. 
Mm, it sounds like he did. He did, somebody. in fact, murder someone. Yeah. He might have probably. <laughs> Mbatha told police that he was tired of eating human flesh, and that's why he was turning himself in. He was exhausted. He was exhausted. Okay. Mbatha led police to a one-room house where he told them he was being held captive and forced to eat human flesh. By whom? We haven't gotten there yet. All right. Upon entering the house, police immediately discovered a small dish that contained what appeared to be an ear Ew. And, okay. and a jaw. Ew. Police also found a bucket with intestines <laughs> inside Ew. of it. Oh, Human intestines. Gross. Yes. So police obviously arrested Mbatha as well as Lungasani Magubane. Why? And Why him? <laughs> and... Kayalile Lamule. Interesting. Why the two of those? You butchered those names worse than those people butchered their victims. <laughs> look, look, I don't speak this language, therefore you get what you get, all right? All right. Let's just call them Mangubane and Lamula. Okay. Okay, because I can say that pretty confidently. Yes. Well, they were arrested for the murder of 24-year-old female and mother, Zanele Hayet Shwayo. Okay. Thank you for trying. Yes. You're doing terrific. Thank you, TJ. A fourth man, Sithembiso Sithole. Sithembiso Sithole. Sithole. Okay. Was also arrested in connection to the murder but killed himself in prison, awaiting trial. Interesting. That's odd. That is odd. During the trial, the true story came out. Oh. Yes. Well, what was it? Magubane and Lamula visited a traditional healer whose name is Mbatha. Okay. To bring them good luck, Mbatha told them that their ancestors demanded that blood be spilled. Mm. Lamula found Zanele, that is the woman that was murdered. He found her drunk and he took her to a secluded spot where Megubane, Sithole, and Mbatha were. Okay. Right? They were all there in the secluded spot. Ambush. And Mbatha killed her. Now, if you recall, Mbatha was the one that went to the police station and said that he was forced to eat the person. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. tired of it. Right. The men allegedly took several body parts while burying the rest of Zanale's corpse under a pile of heavy rocks. Hmm. Interesting. They began consuming the body parts while they waited for the rock-covered corpse to be covered in maggots. Ew. Which would bring them all great money. What? Maggots bring money. That's strange. Is this a thing for South Africa? Luke, you want money? You murder Jessica. You let maggots eat her corpse. And you will become rich. Well, I mean, okay, but how? Due to lack of evidence, Lamula, who was the one that allegedly 
lured Zinale into the car and was taken to the secluded area, he was acquitted of his charges. Okay. But Magubane and Mbatha both were each sentenced to life in prison where they believe that they will not have an appeal. That is a lot of cannibalistic (laughs) stories. That is a lot. That, that was, was that was not sc- encouraging. <laughs> that was barely scratching the surface. Oh, there yeah. were so many cannibals out there. More yeah. than I would like to have known about. From 1900 on till 2020, at some point, 121 cannibals in North America, 631 presumed victims. Yep. You know, there's like what a couple billion people. In the world? Uh, what is it? Seven, mean, se- billion? Seven billion seven? in that, the world. And I want to say like 1.2 billion in the North America. That's, that's a pretty ish. low amount of cannibals. Right? It is a, percentile that, wise, That percentage yes. is yes. so low. Yes, percentage it's, it's low. Barely considered a fraction. But yeah, it's less even than 1%. so, the stories are sh- so shocking. Oh, very. It's, it's very difficult for people to listen to and grasp. Yeah. Well, you know what you can listen to and grasp? Our extra content that we put on Patreon for our patrons at threeshotsin.com. It is extremely valuable content. We would love to have you. Thank you for showing your love by at least listening, because that does do a lot for us. And if you listen, you would do us a lot of good by rating and subscribing. Rating and subscribing isn't necessarily available on Spotify, but it is available on Apple Podcasts, as well as many other outlets. Yeah. If you like what you heard or you hated what you heard or you have some ideas or you have some judgments, go ahead and send them to us. Fanmail at threeshotsin.com. We'll listen. We will reply. And we may or may not be butthurt by what you have to say. Honestly, that's up to you. Can you crush us? Can you make us laugh? That's about it. Yeah. Uh, not going to lie, one of my favorite pastimes is getting super fucked up and don't mute me, you asshole Jacob. Getting super fucked up and emailing at three shots in whatever the email was that you just mentioned and sending in ideas and wheel spins and all that fun stuff because it's fucking awesome. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you should do that 100%. Get fucked up and send in ideas. Thank you, Lucas. Thanks, Luke. He has been muted, so he cannot give us any more information. TJ. Do you want to say any goodbye to our audience? Thank you for allowing me to be here and be your guys' favorite serial killer. That's we're, all. That's that's really. We're basically that's what it's about. You yeah. are our favorite. That's true, TJ. Appreciate both you guys. Love you guys. This has been fun. I will say, okay. if you would like to follow us on social media, you may do that at Three Shots and Podcast on Instagram, uh, with the number three Three Shots underscore Podcast on Twitter, and I think that's about it. If you if you're a big Facebook user you old person you go ahead and follow it <laughs> nah, just just follow that honduran on twitter it's a lot i don't know how luke got his voice up on this podcast but he's been <laughs> muted again <laughs> thanks for listening everybody we love you and we respect you more than we respect luke <laughs> have a great night this has been episode 20 something of three shots in season two thanks for listening I am Jake and I love you. Thank you. I am Jess. And and she also loves you. I love you. Take care.